on radio. Right on radio. Narrating the end of the world. The end of the world. This news just in. We are your news now. Providing the play-by-play for the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right on, right on, right on. Live right. Live right. In the real world. The Right On Radio. For continuous coverage of the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Welcome to the first day of your weekend, boy. We got a good one today. I love this chapter. Um, it's very simplistic. It's instructional. It's informative. It's blessed. And uh, I've I've been blessed in my studies on it, and I trust you will be as well. But before we get to that, well, let me just pray first. Heavenly Father, I give you praise and glory, 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 glory to your name, Jesus. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, your word is faithful and true. You deserve all honor. Lord, you did not leave us alone in this world. You sent the helper, the Holy Ghost, who dwells in each of us who have chosen you as our Savior, Lord by faith in you and the handing over of our lives into your kingdom, Lord. I pray by your Holy Spirit, you will translate these words, Lord. I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you will speak through me. And Lord, if I say anything incorrect, I pray you strike it from the record and give me immediate correction. Lord Jesus, have your Holy Spirit translate to each and every one specifically what they need to hear from this chapter of your book. I pray in Jesus' name. Welcome, everyone. Man, listen, I'm really excited, and I've got a real toe-tapper song I'm going to play for you. I know some people don't even like it when I play the music, but it just works. <laughs> I know the stream, it doesn't sound that good coming through computer speakers or your your telephone speakers or whatever, but the words are great in this one, and it really is a toe-tapper. Um, so this is by uh, Jonathan Taylor and Medissa. <laughs> I'm familiar with the song, but I've never really... Uh, downloaded it before it comes on the radio all the time uh in recent days and uh just in reading this chapter it seemed to be perfect for this occasion when we're reading the final chapter of second peter and now making its debut yes it's a chart topper <laughs> Coming at you on Right On Radio. <laughs> Enjoy. I'll see you in a couple minutes.
amazing <laughs> folks um when the world gets complicated just keep on celebrating jesus is coming back yes indeed he is um look i don't uh i don't single out people but today i just want to mention a name in particular uh in regard to that song um my dear friend, Matt, 
who um, we've chatted in the person and he's a great guy. Uh, uh, you know, uh, MD is, uh, is his initials and uh, brother, I know what you're going through because I've been, I go through exactly what you're going through in different stages. And uh, thankfully I'm not in that when you just can't get past the evil in the world. But no, Jesus is coming back. And they're all going to be judged, brother. They're all going to be judged. Jesus' justice is right. And we're going to talk about when he's coming back in this chapter. And he's going to say, what? Now, Jeff, are you predicting dates? <laughs> no. <laughs> But I think there is some telling things in this particular chapter. And uh, as always, lately, we've been starting to do prayer at the end of the broadcast where uh, myself and all the prayer warriors in chat will be uh, will be praying for you, everyone. And in fact, I'm going to say everyone who's listening live will be praying along and even those on replay may choose to pray so at the end of the broadcast i'm going to ask uh, anyone who's in the live chat you can put in your prayer request in all capitals <laughs> uh, that way it just stands out because i i can't scroll through everything and, and save save it till the end also because now it has been a number of weeks that we have been praying for people here on sunday morning I'm also expecting to see some testimonials. And if you have a testimonial uh, from some of those prayers that we've done here um, and you're watching in replay, you can put it in the comments. Give God the glory. Uh, he's worthy. And uh, if you have a testimonial, you're free to put it live in chat and I will read that as well. Because God does answer prayer. He does. All right, put on my glasses so I look intellectual enough to teach the Bible. <laughs> oh, how vain. <laughs> you see, <laughs> we need salvation. We need more Jesus every day. Every day. Oh, vanity. <laughs> uh, oh, just give me a second. I don't want to be laughing when I'm reading the Word of God, but I'm just in a great mood. The sun is shining, and uh, what a November we're having here uh, in the great white north. You know, it was like 60 degrees yesterday with no wind and sun, <laughs> and today is pretty close. Uh, just, a, just a beauty. Just a beauty. So I've entitled this uh, How to Live in End Times because I really think that's the point of this third chapter. Let, let us begin. Beloved. <laughs> See how good that, you know how good it feels to say just the first word? Be loved. Remember, this is Peter writing the letter, but it's God's letter to you. And God's saying to you, 
be loved. This is now the second letter I am writing to you in which I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder to remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles. Know this first of all, that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things continued just as they were from the beginning of creation. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water, and by water through which the world at the time was destroyed by being flooded with water. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire. Keep for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly people. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved. That with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, slowness but it is patient toward you not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to true repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be discovered. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found spotless and blameless by him, at peace, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation just as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given him, wrote to you, as also in all his letters, speaking in them these things, in which there are some things that are not hard to understand, which the untaught and unstable distort, as they do also the rest of the scriptures, to their own destruction. You, therefore, beloved, 
knowing this beforehand, be on your guard so you are not carried away by the error of unscrupulous people and lose your own firm commitment, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and the day of eternity. Amen. I, I almost don't want to say anything about this chapter and just let the Holy Spirit minister what you just heard to you. But it is my job. <laughs> and just as the Lord shows up or will show up again, uh, this guy has to show up for work. <laughs> um, and, and by the way, I want to thank each and every one of you who supports me and, and allows me to do this full time now. You know, sometimes on the Tuesday and Thursday shows, I'm not so thankful because it's hard. It's hard looking at this other stuff. But, you know, I think the, the Lord allows me to do those other shows. Um, and, I, and I do mix in scripture, as you know, but I consider them as bait. You know, hopefully, you know, some of these thumbnails or, you know, the artwork for the thing will draw someone in because people are drawn more to the evil stuff than they are to the word of God. But if you could draw them in and at least minister to them a little bit, plant some seeds, you know, the parable of the sower. You don't know where the seeds are going to fall, but uh, because you, the listener who supports me, has uh, given me this platform, I'm able to throw a lot of seed out there and uh, see what it bounces. And by the way, um, yeah, it's not for Jeff to get a, you know, although I certainly want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You've run your race. You've finished the course. You know, I want to hear those words. But, you know, those of you who allow me to, uh, to do this as well, um, you're going to share in that. And there's many of you who contribute to the channels and the admins. Of course, I love each one of you. Um, you're sharing in this. That's not a promise from me. That's, that's actually a promise from God. When you read his word, we're, we're in this together. We are a community and uh, we are making a difference. Be rest assured. The Lord is working through us because when he calls, we say, all right, <laughs> let's do it, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maranatha, Lord. Jesus is coming back. I was dancing during that song, just so you know. Um, thankfully, not on video. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's dig in to the scripture, shall we? Beloved. This is the second letter that I am writing to you, 
in which I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of a reminder. You know, we do need reminders. And it's important when we study the word of God. You know, you may have studied something like that uh, parable of the sower so many times that you just think you know what it says. And you do. I'm sure you do. But there's more. There's always more. And the end of this chapter will prove that to you. But reminder and repetition is good. It's good to read the word of God. It's also good to hear the word of God. And I pray that my sincere faith and those who support me and, and this entire thing that we're doing here with Right On Radio, it's our sincere faith that when you hear these words, I hope it edifies you and increases your faith. You know, good news and laughter, they're contagious. They are. And everyone wants to partake in joy. And this is a joy. This really is. This is... <laughs> Okay, maybe, maybe my life is, you might consider it somewhat sad, but this is the highlight of my week. Right here, Sunday morning. Verse 2. To remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets. Let me just say there. So he's referring to the Old Testament because at the time they're writing this, they only had Old Testament, and they're referring to the prophets of old and the many, many prophets in the Old Testament. And most of it was the foretelling of the coming of the Messiah, in which Jesus fulfilled every one of those prophecies of his coming and walking on the earth. But it's easy, it, it's Important to note, it says, by the holy prophets. Because remember, there were false prophets in the Old Testament too. There's always been false prophecy. There's always been charlatans. There's always been grifters. This isn't an internet phenomenon. It's been going on from way back when. But when he says the holy prophets, remember what the word holy means. It's set apart. The ones set aside by God. The ones that their prophecies actually were true. So it says by the holy prophets, but then, and the commandment of the Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles. When I first read that, I thought, well, hold on. 
aren't there Ten Commandments? But they're talking about the commandment of the Lord and Savior. So the apostles giving record on what the Lord Jesus says. And if and Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. That was plural. But for him to make that one statement, that's a singular commandment, isn't it? So on one commandment, you have it, obey my commandments. That's the way I see it. Okay, now let's talk about the current status of the world <laughs> in verse 3. Know this, first of all. Why would he say first of all? Because it's the majority and it's reality. And if you want to live right in the real world, we'd better take a look at reality and not just live on some cloud. You know, I'm just waiting for Jesus. No, no, that's not what the Bible teaches. So know this, first of all, that in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts. And actually, I'll, I'll just tackle this whole section together because it's, it's really speaking of one thing, in my opinion. Uh, so following after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, died, all things continue just as they were from the beginning of creation. Dude, people have been saying it's the end of the world since the beginning of time. It hasn't ended. That's what they're saying. They're mocking you. And the mocking has been going on since the days of this was written 2,000 years ago, or just less than 2,000 years ago when this was written. This was written probably about A.D. 2065, by the way, as where I think it came in. You know who says this? It isn't people who hate you for your religion. This is a really important point. This is all your neighbors who are unbelievers. They might be great people. They might have good families. They might, but if you tell them about Jesus, they don't want to hear it. Why? Why? I'm going to tell you why. Because they like to think of themselves as God. Now, you might be thinking of the person who lives next door to you or across the street from you. That sweet old lady? She's a, she bakes cookies for everyone. She's never said a cuss word. She can't think she's God. Has she handed her life over to Lord Jesus? She might not actually be thinking that she's God, but she wants to be God of her own life. 
I'm going to live life on my terms. I did it my way. <laughs> don't tell me I have to go to a prayer meeting or anything like that. No, don't, don't be a fool. What are you doing? Praying to some invisible thing? I got to watch my TV show. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to watch TV because I choose. <laughs> ah, they love selfishness and they love the ways of the world. And they don't even know it. But it's their pride, which is a sin that God hates, that drives them into their self-absorbed world. Yeah. Even that nice lady across the road. That's what's going on here. You know, and they would say as evidence, so where's the promise of his coming? Because I've heard that before. They've been saying this for thousands of years. It's the beginning of creation. Verse 5. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and by water. The heavens were here long before they were. And we don't know how long it's been, you know. These fake scientists say billions of years. Oh, well, we carbon dated this rock to be two billion years old. <laughs> Do you know that there's not a legitimate scientist that will stand by those statements? It's impossible. It's impossible for science to tell you the truth because they don't have an actual one that they've measured for two billion years to put next to it. But, you know, people will believe in the science. Verse 6. Through which the world at the time was destroyed by being flooded with water. So not only did God create it. He didn't destroy the world, but he destroyed all the living things on it except for what he put on the ark. And did you know that their science proves that the ark and the flood were a real thing? Yeah. Yeah, it proves it. Just like their science proves indisputably that evolution couldn't have happened. Ever since the discovery of DNA... They've proved evolution to be completely fake. But yet they teach it in the schools. Why? So people don't need a God. So they can be their own God. And they can do it their self-absorbed, prideful way. Verse 7. But by his word, the present heavens and earth 
are being reserved for fire. You know, water is used for cleansing in the physical. But there's a refiner's fire coming. And it's a purification which we'll all go through. We will not burn up in that fire because we're covered in Jesus' blood. But anyone who isn't will be consumed by it eternally. So the present heavens and the earth are being reserved for fire. That means it's coming. It's reserved. It's coming. Just like if you reserved a table, you at a restaurant, you have, a, you intend to be there and sitting at that table. Except God isn't just an intention. God cannot go against his word. And keep for the day of judgment the destruction of ungodly people. But what about those people who just do good all their lives? They give the charity. They do good. They just don't know God, but they've lived a good life. Have they ever heard the name Jesus? Did they reject it? They're ungodly. You're either with Christ or, and these are strong words, but they're true. You're an antichrist. But don't think that just because someone doesn't believe now that they won't in the future. You're going to see that as we come up. Verse 8. Oh, by the way, just a point I wanted to make in verse 7. By his word, the present heavens and earth. So the earth we can explain, but what about the heavens? Well, there's, I guess, what we'd call the third heaven, which is where God lives. That's not going to burn up, folks. Let's be clear. But the second heavens will be burnt up. And that's where, really, where our battles are. They're not with each other. Our battles really are in the second heavens, because that's where the powers of principalities are. They operate from there. And God says, that's going to be destroyed too. Interesting, isn't it? Verse 8, but don't let this one fact escape your notice, beloved. That with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. 
Can I just tell you um, this day of a, in a thousand years thing really confused me when I was a brand new Christian. And uh, so I inquired to the uh, my spiritual father, Walt, about this. And he explained it so simply, and I, I hope I can give it justice. Because you see, I believe the Bible at its word, and I take it literally. And this is to be taken literally. However, it may not be exactly as it seems. And here's how he summed it up. What they're portraying here, and yes, a, a day can be a thousand years. So, for instance, um, or when you have the uh, 70th week, that could represent uh, in Daniel one day a thousand years, right? And by the way, we're right at the very end of 6,000 years. Right now, we're, we're there. We're there. And if you study the numerology in God, of course, seven is completion. So it kind of makes me think, and I'm just speculating here, of course, but if six is man's number and we're at the end of six and seven is God's number, for lack of a better word, then wouldn't it make sense that the thousand years of Christ's reign would be that seventh day of a thousand years. So you can take it literally. <clears throat> Excuse me. But in the context of this chapter, it is my firm belief what is being conveyed here is that simply God is outside of time. He created time. He is eternal. He is the Alpha and the Omega. If he's the beginning and the end, and he knew the end from the beginning, <laughs> and from the end he knew what was going to be the beginning. We can't understand that. Yet, we will. We will when we get our eternal bodies. But it's just simply saying, God is outside of time. Time doesn't affect him like it does us. Time is just a measurement, folks. And we measure things because, well, it helps us to organize our days and our lives. You know, God gave a distinctive time. Uh, nobody's going to live past 120 years, for instance, after the fall of the Tower of Babel. God's kept to his word. No one's lived past that. But knowing that God is outside of time, let's listen to verse 9. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. 
So one thing, if you've been walking with God for a while, um, and you've ever prayed out of desperation, uh, I'm sure you have, if you've been walking with God for a while, uh, we tend to pray out of desperation quite often. And have you noticed that God is a just-in-time God? Have you noticed? He's consistently just in time, like that last hour. God answers the prayer. And not every prayer, of course. But when you're praying for something and, you know, Lord, I got to make my rent, you know, or whatever it is. And it comes at the last moment. And he comes through. And I often wonder, why does God operate that way? And the answer is so obvious to me. Just my thoughts. I'm not saying, thus saith the Lord, obviously. But he wants you to operate in faith. That's what it's all about. Use your will to operate in faith. So he's not slow about his promise. But as some count slowness, but is patient toward you. I just want to remind you of what patient means. Long-suffering. The Lord is long-suffering watching what is happening in this fallen world and of his creation. And perhaps he has been, well, he knew how long it would be. He knows. But he's waiting, not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. God doesn't want the worst human being to fall. Hell was not created for people. But people are going to go there, unfortunately. God doesn't want that. And you know, it's, it's interesting. I had a thought when I was studying this morning, and I'm just going to put this out there. You know, if God knows how many grains of sand are on the earth and how many hairs you have on your head, he probably knows how many souls he's going to create. And he probably knows how many people are going to, because, you know, he... He essentially knows the beginning from the end, so he, he wants all people to choose him. And he doesn't predestine anyone. He doesn't create any soul to go to hell. He creates a soul, perhaps knowing that that person will choose it. But, you know, he gives everyone opportunity. And if there's the odd exception in this world of someone who never heard about Jesus or whatever... Jesus is going to be fair with that person. Be assured. Jesus will be fair. But he doesn't want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar. 
and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat. And the earth and its works will be discovered. You know, and obviously this is a referring to, you know, and he mentions Paul later on. So I think he's thinking of Paul here. And I don't know the orders of the letter. This could be totally wrong. You know, maybe Paul's letter to Thessalonia was before this. I don't know. But it's certainly a reference to First uh, Thessalonians, where it says the Lord will come as a thief in the night. In which the heavens will pass away with a roar. <laughs> just get the image. If you think Jesus is some weeping dude on a cross, just get the image for one moment. The enormity of when he comes in the air to collect his bride and the whole world will hear him coming and see him. The whole world. And then it's going to be destroyed with intense heat. The elements, the heavens and the earth will be destroyed. And the earth and its works will be discovered. You know, when you're born again, you're covered in the blood of Jesus and the Father will not see your sin. He will see Jesus in you. But all of the sin that is uncovered and unrepented for all time will be made plain for all to see. The worst of the worst of people's sins. And you have to think about it. Even as a born-again believer, when the Lord comes, what will you be doing when he comes? Will you be still partaking in that mild sin that's in our lives? Man, I hope not. I hope not. You might be washed in the blood, but you don't want... It's going to be for the whole... I don't understand how it's going to work, folks. I'm not pretending to have the answers. But everyone's going to see. Verse 11. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? It's speaking to it right there. What will you be doing? Will you be in a season of backsliding? It's happened. It's happened to me. I pray it never happens again. I don't think it will. What sort of people ought you to be in conduct and godliness? Looking for the hastening of the coming of the day of God. 
because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. I don't know what he means there. Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God. Hastening means speeding up. <clears throat> Perhaps it's people trying to help fulfill prophecy. I don't know. I don't know. I honestly just don't know why he put in the word hastening there, but it's in there. Perhaps someone has some knowledge and you can let me know in the comments. Uh, please, people, never think that this guy is a know-it-all. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, you're watching me learn week by week. Uh, and then I do my best attempt to teach. And uh, if some of you benefit from the teaching of it, and I, I know some of you do because some of you have said that explicitly. Um, but you know what? I really probably the greatest lesson is for the teacher, I believe. So you know what? If you learn something from the Holy Spirit through this ministry or whatever, go out and tell someone the main thing you learned today. If something stuck out, if the Holy Spirit ministered something to you, go out and share it with someone. I think they can be blessed. Even if they're an unbeliever, plant those seeds. You don't know what the soil is. Yeah, with some people, you have a pretty good idea. Can't hurt. Verse 14. Therefore, be loved. Oh, oh, sorry, I missed verse 13. I, I caught it because there's a therefore. You have to always go back. Verse 13. But according to his promise... We are looking for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. You know, you're going to have a new body and the earth is going to be transformed and Jesus is going to rule it with us, us in his kingdom which is about 1,500 miles square. It's going to come down from heaven. And we're going to rule the earth from that dwelling. But do you know, there's going to be people who actually survive the seven years of tribulation. I have a feeling it's going to be those people who you know, are elites and people in power that have these massive underground bunkers can survive nuclear war and stuff like that. They might even survive the wrath that God brings on this earth. But eventually when they come out, they're going to be in a new world and they're not in charge anymore. And righteousness will rule. And you will have your new body. And I always just think of this, you know, right now, no matter 
what kind of equipment we have and everything. You can't go to the bottom of the ocean. But you know what? If you can't die, and there's still going to be water on the earth, we're going to be here on the earth, why can't uh, you and I just jump off a cliff and swim to the bottom of the ocean for an afternoon? <laughs> or maybe exit the atmosphere. Who knows what the possibilities are, but you can't die again. Glory, glory, glory. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found spotless and blameless by him at peace. Peter here, or God for that matter, is not expecting you to never sin again. You will sin again. And I'm not endorsing sin either, but I will sin again. We constantly pray, forgive me my sins, Lord. We constantly pray. And we constantly do better as we get filled. So we are to walk in accordance with this, particularly because this is talking about the end days. Now, are we in the end days? I speculate, yeah. And I don't think he's going to come as a thief in the night to me because I'm expecting him. And so are you, actually. So are you. Whether it happens in our lifetime or not, it doesn't matter. I'm expecting him. And in regard for the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given him, wrote to you, as also in all his letters, speaking in them of these things in which there are some things that are hard to understand. Okay, that's the understatement of the century, Peter and Holy Spirit. Have you ever tried to get through a study of Romans? <laughs> it's hard to understand. The depth that the Holy Spirit was able to speak through Paul Sorry, no other writer in the New Testament comes close, in my opinion. You know, Matthew and Luke, God bless them for their detail, and Peter for his passion, and James for his experience being a brother of Christ, and, and, and John, the revelator, of course. But Paul, man, that guy goes so deep. He was so learned, and God uses people in their natural talents. God uses you in your natural talents. God didn't call you to be someone you're not, but he did call you. So some things that are hard to understand, which the untaught and unstable distort as they do with the rest of scriptures to their own destruction. This is a really important point. 
Um, and I, I know I'm maybe a bit of a broken record here, but the reason why I really don't do sermons, and I guess some of my shows could be considered a sermon when I put when it's mainly scripture and I put them together to prove a point, but I don't do them often because when you put together a sermon, first of all, there's a real danger of you pushing a point and putting scriptures together that really do not belong together, but they do it to prove a point that the person who puts them together wants to prove. It's selective editing. And, you know, I've done that. I have. Um, and I'll do it again. But I really try to be careful and... And I know many pastors will do, take two or three scriptures and they'll put them together and, you know, they'll come off like, you know, they're going to, first of all, they make everyone in the congregation feel really great because that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to give you this euphoric moment as you leave church and you should have that feeling as you leave church, but maybe not through manipulation. I'm not being an accuser of any brethren here. I'm not being an accuser. But it's very possible for pride to come in. And, you know, listen, when I've done a couple, there's been a couple shows that when I finished, I thought, man, that was witty. And I thank you, Lord, that was witty. But, and, and yeah, I, I like to hear from, from you and sometimes even get a compliment. Of course I do. But that isn't the motivation when I put it together. And I think there's a danger for some people when they put it together that they're wanting to come off as a brilliant expositor of the word and stuff like that. And, and I, I really sincerely tell you my heart, uh, I never plan to have it that way. I finished something. I think, wow, that was kind of special. Uh, there's been a couple shows that I felt that and usually they get the least amount of views, by the way. So most people don't agree. <laughs> That's okay. Anyways, so they distort. It's unstable. They which, And they do it with the rest of scriptures, too, not just Paul's stuff. And to their destruction. Well, people will twist scripture for their own means. And even people who are unsaved. Uh, well, I'd say particularly people who are unsaved and heretics, false prophets, the mockers that the beginning of this chapter talked about. You know, everyone knows a scripture or two, <laughs> and they use it to, well, what is if if uh, you're supposed to do this, then uh, what does he mean by that? You know, they can use it. Well, if you're forgiveness of sins, you know, why do you have to keep repenting? Or whatever it is, but they they twist it. I'm not an expert on twisted scriptures. <laughs> Be refreshed by that. Verse 17. You, that's you he's talking to. Therefore, be loved. Knowing this beforehand, be on your guard so that you are not carried away by the error of unscrupulous people and lose your own firm commitment. Oh, sorry, you know what? 
when it says unscrupulous there, so he's, and there's a therefore. So going back, I got I, I to gotta correct myself. As also in his letters, speaking of these things in which some of the things are hard to understand, which the untaught are able to distort as they do the rest of the scriptures to their own destruction. But it's saying that unscrupulous people do that. So when I hear the word unscrupulous, it's intentional. Whether they're saved, unsaved, who knows? But they're doing it intentionally for their means, and it's to their destruction. But essentially, if you are the Berean, be the Berean, which, of course, we mean read the scriptures for yourself. Check to see if the things that I'm saying are true. See for yourself. Let God speak to you purposefully. And you have to study the word because you won't know a counterfeit unless you really know what the real thing is. And I guess finally, in verse 18, is really your instruction. Well, it's the capstone on your instruction and in how to live in the end days. And it says this, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So God is telling you, you need to keep growing in the grace. Remember, I always substitute the word grace for the power of God, because that's really what it means to me. But grow in the power of God and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, if you're part of the Right On Radio community, and you're not growing, and, and we might not be for everyone. Maybe it's your first time here, and you're like, ah, I knew all that stuff, I'm not going to grow from that. This isn't right for you. Go to where you will grow. But you're essentially being commanded here to keep growing, to keep pressing in constantly. And to me, that makes a lot of sense, particularly because we're expecting his return. And he will return. Make no mistake. All right. That concludes the chapter. We will be going to the book of Matthew next. And to me, that has a lot of personal meaning in even just the timing of it. Um, I really think the Lord has been speaking to me that uh, it's time to to get real and that his coming is soon. Uh, 
he spoke it to the apostles in the first century too. So, you know, as this chapter said, where is the coming? Well, who knows, but I'm an expecting, I'm expecting it. If there's anyone who needs prayer or has a praise report, please put it in the chat now. I almost want to play that song again. I'm not going to, uh, but I might play it again next week. because It's just great. But we'll see where the Lord takes us next week. Uh, is there any testimony or is there any prayer requests? I know there's, although this is live, I think there's probably about a 10 or 15 second delay when we do these things. So, um, hey, if you want to support the show, you can go to uh, go to rightonradio.podbean.com and there's a support thing. You can become a monthly supporter. There's a PayPal link in uh, in the description box. But one other thing came to my mind after doing the, the show on Friday. By the way, that, that uh, show on Friday, and I never know what to expect, and I didn't even know what I was going to say exactly on the Friday live that I do on Podbean, but uh, that went somewhat viral. <laughs> like, I got a lot of listens on that, man. Wow. Uh, that was uh, that was beautiful to see. But, you know, when I do the Podbean lives... Um, in any given calendar month, so meaning from, you know, for instance, this month, November 1st to the end of the month, um, if during the during the live chats, if you get more than $22 in gifts, so there's a currency inside a pod being called uh, Golden Beans, I think it is, and you can give gifts in that. But if I get a total, and that's from everybody, of more than $22, they will actually, Podbean will feature the show. If someone just comes on to Podbean and they're looking for podcasts, and there's many people who do that, um, they will show it uh, right on radio at the top. And it's a pretty small penalty, but it can't come from me. So I'm just wondering if there's one person out there they would just commit to giving the 22 or just $25, just get it away in one shot. So I don't have to keep asking. And by the way, if you still want to give beyond that, please do. <laughs> but if there's just one person that would just say, you know what? I don't really want to do the Patreon thing, but I'm on it, but you have to be on the live chats uh, on the, on the live shows. Uh, if there's just one person who would just say, you know what? I, I can do 25 bucks or whatever it is. Um, it would be greatly appreciated. All right. Just looking for the prayers. Okay. There's a prayer request there. All right. And it's for Greg again. Oh. Okay. And there's a salvation we want to pray for. All right, and we got a prayer request for Val as well. And I'm just going to say this like a broken record. Um, there's nothing special about me, folks. In fact, none of us are special. Uh, your prayers are just as important as my prayers. But it's 
I might be uttering the words today, but it's a whole bunch of people praying in agreement. And we do expect that God will answer these prayers because he answers every prayer. Sometimes we don't like the answer. Sometimes he allows his people to go through things. But he actually does what's best for people. And you know, why would someone be dying of a horrible disease or something like that? Why wouldn't the Lord resurrect him? Because maybe it's just best that person went. You don't know what it would have been if that person didn't go. And we're, we're, we're not hoping for that. But I'm just saying, God answers all prayers. And that isn't Jeff capitulating to, you know, well, some of our prayers don't get in. No, that's not true. We pray in faith, and we're seeing testimony after testimony of things happening. Just go on to our prayer channel. It's by invite only. We don't expect any, accept any spam, no posts, no jokes or anything. It's prayers and testimonies. That's why we, we protect. If you put spam on there, we just ban you, just like that. Unless you've been there a long time and you made a mistake, that happens. We There's grace, of course. <clears throat> All right. Well, let me start for Greg. And to that young person who was on the call on Saturday, um, I want you to pray along with these words. That person, I, I, and I forget the name, I sincerely apologize. But you're special to God, and God hears your prayers too. So close your eyes and maybe just agree with the words that I pray for Greg. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Lord Jesus, praying by your spirit, which is a direct conduit to your ears, Lord. Lord, we lift up Greg once again, and we thank you that he is out of the ICU now. Surely your hand is upon his life. But Lord, he's been diagnosed with a very bad disease. And this disease is not from you. This is a disease of the world. This is a disease that comes from demonic intention. Lord, I don't know why you've allowed it to befall on this person, Greg. But Lord, we know it is for your glory. And perhaps it's all been for this public cry, lifting up brother Greg in the name of Jesus, that your name will be glorified on high above all things. Lord Jesus, that you would turn this disease around. You would reverse it, Lord, 
as a testimony to the power and grace that you have over all things in this world. Lord Jesus, instead of it being flesh eating, let it turn to flesh regenerating. I pray this in Jesus' name and Lord, we pray that you will give us the privilege of the public hallelujah. God is almighty and powerful. Lord, you are large and in charge. There's not a molecule or an atom or anything in this world that does not obey your command. And we praise your name for that. Lord, we also pray with the firm knowledge even being confirmed by this chapter that we just studied of your precious word, Lord, that you wish that none would perish, not one. And Lord, there is a dear person here, a beloved sister in the Lord, and she is praying for the salvation of her husband. She is faithful and true to you, Lord. She has chosen you. And Lord, that speaks to me because, Lord, you allow things to happen in this world. Yes, we have free will. Yes, it might be an unevenly yoked marriage. And I don't know what the order is. Maybe she believed before. Maybe she believed after. I don't know the answer to that, Lord. And it does not matter. The fact is, she loves you, Lord. The fact is she is a born-again believer. And Lord, surely your intention is for her husband to be born again. Lord, there is nothing more important for anyone that is of the flesh in this world but to be born again. We pray for her husband. In Jesus' name, Lord, that you will send your ministering angels, Lord, that you will send someone, and I know she will speak things of the Lord to him, but Lord, oftentimes it doesn't work that way. So we pray you dispatch even other people into his life, Lord, to give him the blessed reassurance that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And Lord, that he will choose salvation. And Lord, I mentioned earlier my experience with you is just in time, but Lord, I'm asking this is not a last breath of life salvation, Lord, that you would honor your daughter in Christ. The time to live in harmony with her husband, praying together, singing your praise together, glorifying you, and moving together and evangelizing and taking on your great commission as a walk in this world. It would be hard when they're together for her to do that if they're not evenly yoked, Lord. So I pray for a powerful experience for her husband. Lord, the power of salvation upon him. 
we ask in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> All right. I just want to make sure I read this properly. <clears throat> okay, so the okay, that's good news that the one pup is over the intestinal upset. Uh, we love our fur babies on this channel. <laughs> we love our pets. Um, and you know what? And I and I know Val's heart in particular for for her pets and and Katie, who uh, one of our admins and a moderator. I think she's here today. I haven't really looked at chat yet, but she volunteers as shelters. Like we we love our pets. I'm a dog owner. Um. But I want to just say to, to a man, Sean, who always is posting pictures of his his baby girl. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we see that we've seen the dog. Uh, we get it. The dog's beautiful and the dog's playing. But what we see more is the joy that he gets from that dog and it lifts me up every time he posts because I happen to know a little bit and I'm not trying to call out people on this but I just want to lift him up as a brother in the Lord just as I did Matt earlier Sean knowing some of your story to see you post those things of joy as truly a miracle in the Lord okay back to the prayer request there's a butt, so uh, is so the pup number one is over the intestinal upset, but pup number two came flying up with my son a while ago. Pray for the pup and me. We'll have to catch a lot of this later. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I understand. It's a busy time for many. Well, Lord, I just pray for your grace to be in that house. And I thank you for what you've done. And we did pray for the uh, one pup's intestinal problems. And Lord, you solved that in a day, it seemed. But Father, I'm not exactly sure, but it's it's uh, it's hard having a pup in the house, Lord. There's always issues. They're babes. And Lord, our communications and things like that, I just whatever it is that Val is asking for lord i pray you grant the desire of her heart and lord that she shares the testimony on wednesday even praise your name and yeah if uh if core would share her testimony on wednesday too that would truly be a miracle and wendy share the testimonies lord let's make it a week of blessed testimonies <laughs> lord we take pleasure and it's not to edify ourselves but to just give you the glory and to show others that you are real uh easton is the name hey easton hey, what a sweet and tender voice surely the lord is working in that young man All right, I think that is it for the prayer requests. Thank you, everyone, for being here. God bless each and every one of you. I will see you on Tuesday. And uh, I'm just going to pray for the rest of everyone who hung on till now and perhaps 
and you can pray in agreement with the for the rest of the community. Lord, I just want to lift up everyone who's in this community, everyone who you've knitted with us, and even for those who are you are going to bring into this tent, that it'll be a safe place for them, that they'll find a loving community and a community that loves you first and foremost, Lord. And uh, and we walk the walk and talk the talk, Lord. Although we'll never be perfect in this flesh suit, that we actually people will see we make an effort to love one another and to love those who are even against us, Lord. Lord, the world has gone mad right now. And there's so many things that want to take us away from keeping our gaze and our focus upon you. But Lord, I pray for each and every one that we will have our gaze and focus upon you. And just from our peripheral vision, Lord, we'll see what is truly going on in the world. Lord, <laughs> through new goggles. <laughs> Lord, that we'll see things through your eyes. And we'll see that even though things look dire and the world is evil and all that, Lord, we will see your glory in it because you are the exact contrast of all the things in the world. Lord, let us keep our eyes on you. Help us to keep our eyes on you. Holy Spirit, just activate in each one of us to a greater degree, Lord. Build our faith up. And let us just look at the world through our peripheral view. And our focus and our gaze be upon the majesty of Christ Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I've got to load up a video here. In the meantime, remember, first and foremost, be loved. And know that your gaze should be upon God above all other things. But be loved by him be loved by us. And I pray that you will be blessed by that. And if you are diligent enough to follow the instruction written in this letter that we studied tonight, be the Berean and then simply believe in Christ Jesus. Amen.